Hello, this is Pastor Nick Hood, and today the focus is Proverbs chapter 12, and also the Gospel of John chapter 12. And um, in Proverbs 12, it begins uh, with talk about wisdom in terms of uh, discipline and knowledge, um, and the opposite of that. And, uh, and again, it has uh, this uh, pattern that we see in the book of Proverbs where each verse stands on its own. As a matter of fact, between the commas of the verse, um, the first line um, before the comma and the line after the comma also uh, can stand alone, uh, but they also connect together. For example, in the second verse, the good obtain favor from the Lord, comma. And, and that can stand by itself. But then the second part says, but those who devise evil, he condemns. That too stands by itself. And then when you put that verse with the next verse, it also works together. The next verse is, no one finds security by wickedness, comma. And then the second half, but the root of the righteous will never be moved. And so as I read through the book of Proverbs, I invite you to look for that pattern. Also, following uh, the 12th chapter of Proverbs, the 12th set of Proverbs, we will move to chapter 12 in the Gospel of John. And this is, um, you know, when Jesus is in uh, Bethany. Mary and Martha and Lazarus have uh, put together a feast for Jesus. And, um, you know, this is when Mary pours the oil on Jesus' feet. And uh, I encourage you to look at it. You know, we're moving toward the Easter season. This particular chapter is said to have taken place, or the events in the chapter uh, took place uh, six days, only six days before the Passover. And you may remember it is the Passover meal, uh, which is the last meal that Jesus has with the disciples. So we begin with Proverbs 12. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but those who hate to be rebuked are stupid. The good obtain favor from the Lord, but those who devise evil he condemns. No one finds security by wickedness, but the root of the righteous will never be moved. A good wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are just, the advice of the wicked is treacherous. The words of the wicked are a deadly ambush, but the speech of the upright delivers them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. One is commended for good sense, but a perverse mind is despised. Better to be despised and have a servant than to be self-important and lack food. The righteous know the needs of their animals, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Those who till their land will have plenty of food, but those who follow worthless pursuits have no sense. The wicked covet the proceeds of, the, of wickedness, but the root of the righteous bears fruit. 
The evil are ensnared by the transgression of their lips, but the righteous escape from trouble. From the fruit of the mouth one is filled with good things, and manual labor has its reward. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to advice. Fools show their anger at once, but the prudent ignore an insult. Whoever speaks the truth gives honest evidence, but a false witness speaks deceitfully. Rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Deceit is in the mind of those who plan evil, but those who counsel peace have joy. No harm happens to the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. One who is clever conceals knowledge, but the mind of a fool broadcasts folly. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the lazy will be put to forced labor. Anxiety weighs down the human heart, but a good word cheers it up. The righteous gives good advice to friends, but the way of the wicked leads astray. The lazy do not roast their game, but the diligent obtain precious wealth. In the path of righteousness there is life. In walking its path there is no death. Then we move to the 12th chapter of the Gospel of John. This is where Mary anoints Jesus. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. There they gave a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at the table with him. Mary took a pound of costly perfume made of pure nard, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Jesus, excuse me, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. You always have the poor, but you do not always have me. The Plot to Kill Lazarus When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and were believing in Jesus. The next day, the great crowd that had come to the festival heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. Look, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. 
His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written of him and he had been done to him. So the crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify. It was also because they heard that he had performed this sign that the crowd went to meet him. The Pharisees then said to one another, You see, you can do nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew, then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also." Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Jesus said to them, The light is with you for a little longer. Walk while you have the light, so that the darkness may not overtake you. If you walk in the darkness, you do not know where you are going. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you may become children of of light. After Jesus had said this, he departed and hid from them. Although he had performed so many signs in their presence, they did not believe in him. This was to fulfill the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah, Lord, who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And so they could not believe, because Isaiah also said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, so that they might not look with their eyes and understand with their heart in turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw his glory and spoke about him. Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved human glory more than the glory that comes from God. Then Jesus cried aloud, 
Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as light into the world, so that the so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. I do not judge anyone who hears my words and does not keep them. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my word has a judge. On the last day, the word that I have spoken will serve as judge. For I have not spoken of my own, but the Father who sent me has himself given a commandment about what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. What I speak, therefore, I speak, just as the Father has told me. Thus we end the reading of the 12th chapter of the Gospel of John, uh, and preceded by the 12th chapter in the book of Proverbs. And I'd like to share with you a few thoughts uh, for your reflection that have popped up in my mind reading both of these uh, chapters. Number one, what is your general impression of Proverbs chapter 12? Which of these Proverbs are most meaningful to you? Which of these Proverbs is most difficult to understand or accept? And then about John chapter 12, what are your thoughts? What did you learn from Mary anointing the feet of Jesus? Were you surprised to learn that some of the Pharisees believed in Jesus, but were afraid to embrace Jesus publicly for fear of being put out of the church? What are your thoughts about the manner in which Jesus talks about himself in the context of God? And after reading John chapter 12, can you understand more clearly why Lazarus was a threat to the chief priests and the Pharisees? I'd like to offer a prayer based on what we have just read. Let us pray. Lord, direct me in your righteousness. Help me to grow in faith. Teach me to embrace wisdom and to forget about foolishness. Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I want to follow you. I do not always know what I am doing, so I reach out to you today. Bless me to grow in understanding. Bless me to grow in strength. Bless me to grow in faith. And bless me to grow in favor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Again, this is Pastor Nick Hood, pastor and senior minister of the Plymouth United Church of Christ, located in the very heart of Detroit, at the very tip-top of the Medical Center of Detroit, Michigan, 600 East Warren Avenue. We worship on Sundays at 8.30 and 11 in the morning. We also worship on Wednesdays at noon. If you are ever in the Detroit area, I invite you to stop by the church, and I'd love to see you. Tomorrow, our focus will be Proverbs 13 and the Gospel of John, chapter 13. Thanks so much for listening. God bless and God keep you. And until, until tomorrow, may the favor of God fall fresh upon you.